Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Turning to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. And we're going to start in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Today, I'm just going to do my best. I'm not sure how long it will be. Um, I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, give myself 30 minutes here. How about that? Someone say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you heard a lot from these young people, so I don't want to—I uh, don't want to keep you f- for much longer. But I, I really want us to hear what God has to say in regards to the remorse in the morsel. I'm going to talk about the remorse in the morsel, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Um, Lord, help us, help us today. God, I pray, Lord, as. As the pastor of this church, Lord, take us to another depth. God, really, really help us change some structures in our hearts, Lord. Change some things in, in, in the culture of this church, God, especially in our young people and their hearts and their minds, God. What it means to come into this house, what it means to come before your presence. I pray, speak to us now and strengthen us. Help me, your preacher, today. God, I need you. We thank you together. In your name I pray. Someone say his name with me. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> I, I don't want to necessarily uh, beat around bushes to talk about um, a lot of different stories when it comes to the things that um, build up emotion when it comes to this word. <laughs> I don't want to bring in illustrations a lot. I Something stood out to me. I don't know if you are part of social media, but there's a an incredible thing happening uh, in, at Aubrey University. Anyone see that? Any see the news? Any 
there's a, Aubrey University has a chapel service and this chapel service they started to um, have a prayer service come together well what was probably meant to be maybe a couple hours has turned into 80 some plus hours people have begun to receive the Holy Ghost uh, the wow. people are coming from other places coming to this special service this happened like a couple days ago uh, and I still think it's still lingering on all these incredible things are happening this is a, a Methodist church a Methodist building and I love that because it's it speaks such truth that you know as Pentecost we don't own the Holy Ghost all right, <laughs> all right? All right. I tell you what owns the Holy Ghost a hungry heart a hungry and starving heart that wants to reach out for God and say God just I don't care if I have a Catholic upbringing, if I if I have a, a a rosary, you know, beads in my pocket, and I go, you know, declare certain sins to a guy behind a mesh box. I don't care if that's what you you do. If you've got a hungry heart and you seek Him out with everything that you have, God will fill you. It's the Word of God. And we need to understand that it is happening. I, I, I was having a conversation with a couple preachers and pastors, and, I'm, and I say, uh, it is easier getting to preach now. I, I believe that. I, it can go to your head, and I speak to the preachers in this, in this church, in this congregation. You're not that good of a preacher. Right. Right. Okay, I'm not that good of a preacher. I'm just telling you right now. That souls are being one because it's time for souls to be one. The time is happening now where if you don't realize it, if you don't, I just read the other day that Euphrates has dried up. And if you understand any, any revelation and understanding and depth in that, I just want you to know things are starting to come to a close. There's going to be a sound, a trumpet sound that's going to go out. And I'll tell you what, knees will fall to the ground. The sky will crack open in an understanding. I don't care if you're, that individual who's not the one who's real loud in worship and praise you're going to cry out you're going to scream out in repentance there's going to be a godly fear like never before I don't care if you're the most holy of holy of holies walking the earth you will fall down and say God ready my soul yes God I need you right now and I need you desperately because the time's coming where it's going to be the end for everyone and everything Eternity will start somewhere. There's going to come a time when eternity will kick off and you will be spending eternity in some place, in some fashion, in some form. Whether you be in a place of praise and godly worship where the light of, of, of life will be casted on you forever and forever or you'll be in cast in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. A place of real remorse. I want to, I, I, I prayed today, you heard my prayer, that God change the culture of this church. Change us to be different. I believe, and I've mentioned this o- over and over, that this church has experienced certain growth patterns and certain growth markers and things that are healthy in a church. Things like when, when brothers and sisters gather together outside the church and, and break bread together and hang out and all those types of things. I love it. I've mentioned that before. I love love seeing you post a picture on on social media with someone from the church just having a good time you know I love that 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 tells me a couple things that you can have good time without the pastor and that I don't know if you don't like me or not 
Where's my invite? <laughs> right? But what I do love is that there's, there's a unity in the body. And that's a growth marker. That's, that's huge. Let me just say, we, we won't experience and we'll never truly get to the book of Acts revival without the book of Acts brotherhood. Right. All right? We, we're just not going to do it. If we don't have that type of unity like uh, Acts 2 and 1, right? If we're all in one place, one accord, right? If we're, it, we're in that perfect unity, we won't experience that power. We're experiencing those things. We're, we're having those things because I believe wholeheartedly there's unity in this body. That's a growth marker. There's a growth marker when we have godly elders to help lead ways and give us understanding to, 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 to kind of tap us on the shoulder, to kind of you know keep us in the bumpers of what's right and what's wrong to help us in those things. We have those things. We have godly individuals who lead and praise and worship and don't need to be prodded by a worship team and prodded by the right song and prodded by the, the right atmosphere of someone else that delivers you know the spirit of God on a, on a plate. We have people who are actual ther thermostats who come in here and, and change the temperature, the spiritual temperature of, of what's happening inside this room. That is That tells me we've got some healthy worshipers. But I want us to understand, I've been a part of, of, of big churches, multi-generational churches, and I've been a part of new churches, newer than this church. I've been a part of different, uh, in-between churches. And I'll tell you one thing that always takes, that takes a church to another level, another dimension, another, another place when all the pistons of this V8 are running and all, all the cylinders are, are just hitting on cue and the timing is perfect and everything a part of that machine is running right is when the young people when the young people lead the way in worship mm. God God we need we need young people to get outside of their shell we need young people to say you know what I'm not going to wait on mom and dad to lift a praise to lift worship I'm going to give God my very best we, we need young people who say is there not a cause is there, is there not a cause is there not a reason why, why do we deal with giants that pick on us why do we deal with things in this world that come against this body? Is there not a cause? We need young people in their youth and in their zeal to drive this train. Yes. 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 So I say all this, how vital this church needs young people. Young people, we desperately need you. Young leaders, I need you to keep leading, keep worshiping, keep being an example to younger people. I have heroes of faith than they started in youth groups. I used to look up as a young little lad and it wasn't the elders that, that were worshiping that, uh, that attracted me. It was those who were in youth groups that, that gave their best. The ones who I thought were the coolest of the cool and they didn't care about weeping and worshiping God. They didn't care. They stepped outside of their personalities. They stepped outside of their norms. They stepped outside of those things. They said, you know what? I'm just going to give God my best. Yeah. Those were my heroes. We need those 
things. But I, I, I opened up with this text here found in Hebrews 12. And I want us to kind of understand what I'm talking today because uh, we're going to be focusing on, on two young individuals in their youth, very early in their youth, and starting to get to a place and, and understanding in their relationship with God, and that is Jacob and Esau. <sighs> We know the story. We find later on in Genesis where the, the story kicks off and how that uh, Jacob is, is, is fair-weathered. He's not, he's not the toughest of guys. He's, he's not the most macho of men. He's, he's kind of known to be a mama's boy. Esau is dad's favorite. Esau becomes dad's favorite simply because he eats venison. Literally, the Bible says that his dad favored him because he loves that, that venison. Loves that, that, that gamey meat. There's something about him. We know that when at their birth, that when, when they, were, they, they were born as twins, twins. But one came first, Esau, as he's coming out of the womb. We have Jacob that's just grabbing that heel, and he's wanting to pull him back down. And I want to be first in life. I want to I wanna have that, that first position. And his name, of course, when Esau would be born, all they seen was his hairy child. That's what Esau means, hairy. I mean, that's, that's messed up. How many of you, God bless, I, we're, we are coming into a season where we have so many babies in this church. So far, we are, we are running 100% on the cuteness of babies. But I don't know, there might be a baby that we will have to look at the parent and go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the case with Esau. <laughs> Lord, don't let it be my baby, right? <laughs> we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn how that we can repent, right? We can tell someone that their baby's cute and come right up here and be like, "I'm sorry, God." <laughs> oh, I lied. I lied. Right to people's faces. Well, that was the case with Esau. They looked at this baby. Someone, probably the neighbor, said, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, that's the. Well, he's Harry. Yeah, what's his name? Well, we called him Harry. <laughs> Esau's his name. And then this is his little feeble brother, Jacob. Jacob, well, that's interesting. His name means like heel grabber supplanter supplanter is someone who wants to step ahead of and get into a rightful position wants to uh, supersede the processes of some things so yeah here's Jacob he was hanging and yanking on that heel trying to come out first but here they are but the Bible says that as they grew up as they began to establish who they were their personalities we know that Esau becomes a hunter he is out in the field not having the best of hunts and the Bible says he comes home very weary and tired and hungry. And there is Jacob. Jacob is stewing up the best chili in the area. The smell of it is so strong and, and, and just powerful that, you know, Esau's like, wow, that smells so good. He, 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 you know, Esau is making statements, and we've all done this when we were hungry. My, my kids say this a lot when we, they're really hungry. I'm starving to death, right? They had a snack like five minutes ago. Starving to death. Esau, 
starving to death. He's not at death's door, but he's feeling this way. But Esau speaks a, a real message today because of what he does. He says, listen, can you give me some of that? Can I have some of that, what you're cooking up there? And the Bible says that Jacob says, I'll give you some, but I want something from you. I, I, I want something from you. Now, I, if you allow me, I don't want us to paint Jacob as what we know Jacob to be. I want us to understand that Jacob's a deceiver. And I want us to understand moving forward that the deceiver is always trying to take something from you. The deceiver is always trying to tempt you with a little bit of something for something great. Every young person in this place, I want you to hear me today, you have a birthright. You have a position in the promises of God. That's why we no longer have to be worry about who our, our bloodline father is. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate my heritage. I'm not picking on that, but what we need to understand when it comes to the promises of God, we have have been adopted we have been we've been pulled in in that why now we can cry Abba Father right, right, right. you know that that statement when we cry Abba Father in scripture Abba means father it's a Chaldean it's a Chaldean uh, language for the word father and then the way they did it in scripture they always followed it up with the Greek for it to say father so basically they're saying we cry father father right. I need us to understand that's what our position is. The moment we come to God, you are in first position. You're not in last position. You're not a heel grabber. You're not someone who's second best, last loser, someone who has worked themselves out of the promises of God. You have the birthright on your life. You have a promise thrusted on you, an inheritance waiting for you. But the Bible says that Esau comes in and he sees the situation. I want us to read it, Genesis 25 and 29. And Jacob sawed pottage, cooked some pottage. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Let me tell you what Edom is. Edom is literally means red. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point of death. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore to him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. And the Bible says, since then thus despised, Esau despised his birthright. What am I, what am I trying to pull out from here? What am I trying to get us to understand? There's two things. This is the fact that Esau didn't understand the, the significance of his birthright. And I want to speak to our young people right now for a second and tell you this, that your problem with the power and the presence and the things of God isn't isn't an issue of validity. You know it's real. You've experienced it and it's real. You've experienced the real power of God. Some of you that haven't given real worship in a long time and really bared their souls at an altar in a long time, you cannot deny the experiences that you really truly felt. 
You can't lie to yourself. You can, you, you can pretend, but you know deep down what was real. The problem is it's not an issue of validity. It's, a, it's an issue of evaluation. You don't, you don't understand the value of what God has for you. You don't understand the birthright and what it means and, and how powerful of a thing that is and how wonderful and how valuable it is to your life. You don't understand. That's the greatest. How could you? You're young. You haven't lived long enough. That's why our elders understand. That's why anybody who's been in this for a while can understand what that birthright has kept me in. How that, how that inheritance has kept me through some things. How that power and promises of God never left me nor forsake me. When I got through some trials and some hurts and some tribulations, those things were always there because it was real and I value the real. But he saw in his youth he didn't value that birthright he didn't live long enough to understand the power of it and this is what he does he sells it haphazardly because he doesn't value it he gives it up for nothing he gives it up for a morsel the smallest of things. It kind of, it's hard to even come up with another word of small than the word morsel. A tiny little bit. Insignificant a little amount. He gave it up. He sold it. Proverbs 23 and 23 will tell us the truth. Help us understand that we need to buy the truth and sell it not. Another translation says, get the truth and don't get rid of it. We need to understand right now how valuable this truth is, how valuable his presence is, how valuable my birthright is, my promises that are on my life, how valuable my moments are in this place. Young people, man, listen to me today. Your birthright has value. And when he sold it, guess what? They called him Edom. They call him Edom because he was reddish and he looked red and he had red hair. That's not why. They called him Edom because the, the, the soup was red. Let me just say this. The moment you sell everything over to this world, the moment you sell your, your, your struggles, the moment you give up and sell the, the things that God has in store for you, the more you give up. Let me tell you what. You'll be known by a nickname moving forward. Some of you will be known as a druggie. Some of you have been known as an alcoholic. Wow. Some of you will be known as a, as a pot smoker. Some of you will be known as an adulterer. Yeah. Some of you will be known by the sin and by the little thing that you gave into the thing that you gave up for. You're going to be known for those little things that are so insignificant and small compared to the great things of God. They won't call you by your normal name anymore. You'll forever be known by the thing you sold yourself over to. Man, I need us to grab a hold of this today. What happens in this moment is that when Esau gives it up, the Bible says he despised his birthright. That's the same. That's why some of you, I'm going to say this right now, some of you have already sold that birthright. 
You can't tell me you haven't. I see you in service. You sit there like a bump on the log. You, the, I mean, the power, the Holy Ghost moves so thickly in here, and I can tell you, you despise it. You despise it. You, you, you sold it already. I'm here to tell you that there is great remorse in the morsel. Once a few chapters later, I believe Genesis 27, we pick up, we read of what happens. You know the story well. Dad is dying. He's ready to hand out a blessing of all types of blessings. Mom goes to her favorite kid, Jacob. Listen, I'm going to make your dad's favorite meal. I'm going to dress you up just like your brother. Wear this coat of fur. Wear this and, 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 and say the right things and do your best to just describe your voice because what you need now, I know you've got the birthright, but now you need the blessing. Yes. My God, that's a Mother's Day message right there in itself. Mom who can appreciate the power of a blessing. Wow. And I want us to understand how needful that is. And I challenge our moms, get your kids in the environment of a blessing. Do whatever you got to do. Get them in there. And this is exactly what he does, what she does. She gets Jacob all set up and puts him before dad. And dad is blinded. He's, he's not in his, his ripe old age. He's feeling around. He's feeling the back of the neck. And all he feels is hair and hair and hair. He smells the hair, the, the animal skins. And he smells just like his boy. And I tell you what, that's a kid who fights putting on deodorant. When you smell like goat skins... And all of a sudden, dad's like asking some probing questions. Jacob is deceiving and going through that process. What type of, I'm always bewildered by this story. It's just the story. just. Whew. But it, it, it doesn't take away the fact that Jacob wanted something so powerful. Again, he gets the blessing the thing that was, that was meant for the one who held the birthright. And I want us to understand there's a great difference between a birthright and a blessing. Right. They're not the same. Just because, just because you're the firstborn doesn't mean you're going to be blessed. Right. All right? Just because you sit in a certain position doesn't mean you're going to, you're going to have a life, uh, an easy road all, everywhere you go. It doesn't mean that nations are going to serve you. It doesn't mean that the, you know, the land is going to yield fruit to you. That doesn't mean any of that. But what the birthright represents is a passion for the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a desire to, to get the, the completion of what it needs for me to keep on going. Right. Yeah. And when Esau sold it for nothing, for a morsel. And when it was his time and Jacob flees and here comes Esau from the hunt to prepare the food that dad likes. He comes in the presence. He says, dad, I'm here for the blessing. And the Bible says that dad says, what? Who are, what? What's going on? I gave it away, son. I, I thought you, I thought you came earlier. I, and Esau screams out. He says, he he robbed me of my birthright, and now he's robbed me of my blessing. The Bible says that Esau, finally, it hits him like a ton of bricks, that he has nothing to live for. He has no future. He says, Dad, Dad, you've got to have something for me. Dad, you've got to have something in store for me. Dad, I'm asking you right now, please bless me with something. Give me something for my life. 
We read, we see in the scripture that when he, he puts his hand on him, he actually says the opposite. You will serve your brother. There's a cry that goes out out of Esau's mouth. It's a level of remorse that is so hard to explain unless you truly feel it. We don't see the value of that birthright or that blessing until chapters later. We see in Genesis 32 and 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. He said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he cried, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, and with men hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called that name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. Man. I see, I see a man who comes out of the womb called a heel holder, who later becomes a God wrestler, who later becomes a man who understands the true, the true summation of gaining a birthright and the blessing. It's also that he can get blessed the more. I'm not a deceiver no more. I'm a child of God. My name has changed. That's, that's the path that is taking after someone who values what they have in this moment. But look what Romans will say. Paul will make this statement in 9 and 13. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Where, did it, where was it originally written? It was written in Malachi 1 and 1 and 4. It says, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. This is when he begins to prophesy to Israel. It says, verse 2, I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished but we will return and build the desolate places thus saith the Lord of hosts they shall build but I will throw down, they shall call them the border of the wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever what am I getting to right now? That's what real remorse looks like. Real remorse looks like this, that you'll never get back to God. The moment it hits you, 
that, that you've, you've stopped giving praise in the house of praise. The moment that you stop coming here and open up your heart to many times, God, the Lord, our Father, has reached in your life and knocked at your door, said, open it up to me. And at the end of every message, an altar call has gone forth over and over again, but yet you've given up, you've sold something you did not value. And when that happens, what do you do? You make an enemy out of God. Everything that, that Esau did afterwards, he would build, he would gather, he would do everything he could, but you just read it, that God would come and crash it all down. He'd kick everything down. His house of cards, he would put it up high, as high as could be, and there a wind would come and crash it to the floor over and over again. Why? Because he did not value the most valuable thing. That's the love of God. I'm going to speak right now the most truths I can because it is, it's necessary for you to hear me. I'm going to ask, I'm just going to ask if we could bow our heads for a second, just close our eyes for a second because I need us to really grip this. I need us to understand young people. When you come into this atmosphere and you sit idle at your seats, and I don't care if you sit on the front row, it don't matter what row you sit on. When you sit idle in your seat, you are, you are taking the birthright that God has given you and you're beginning to sell it for a morsel, a small thing, a little thing, an insignificant thing. You're beginning to sell it for a, for a season of, of, of comfort to the flesh. I'm telling you right now, I, 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 God help me, I pick, a, I pick a fight with the spirit of the young people of this day and age. I'm tired of you not having a voice. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you've got to start worshiping more. You've got to start giving praise where praise is due. You've got to start giving honor where honors due. And he deserves all the praise, he deserves all the honor and all the glory. You need to stop, you need to stop borrowing from your family's inheritance. You need to stop saying, mom and dad's praise is just good enough that mom and dad has got me that I'm here that's all I've got to do. I'm telling you right now you're selling something right now that you don't get it that you're going to have a remorse a great hurt and a great pain in your life and you'll be known for the little thing that you sold it over to right. my God my God, you um, young people, you can't live from conference to conference. You can't just keep, you can't keep going to a conference and coming back here the, the following Sunday, you give God a little bit of extra praise, and then the next Sunday, you don't even know his name anymore. You're selling a birthright. You're selling something that is so valuable because when you understand the value of it, when you truly grip you, let me, let me tell you what, all the days of your life will be blessed. You, you will have a, a family that will be blessed, a children that will be blessed. But beyond that, you will, have a, you will see God face to face. And he will preserve you. Let's all stand. Remorse is defined as this. Deep regret or guilt for a wrong committed. 
my Lord. I return to my opening text, the Hebrews 12. It wasn't, it was trying to speak to, I, I believe it's speaking to our young people. It says, lift up your hands which hang down. Talks about your feeble knees. Talks about there's sometimes you've, you've got to give God praise in the house of praise. You've, you've got to lift up those hands that hang down low. I, I speak against, oh Lord, this, 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 this scapegoat that it's my personality. Uh, I'm this type of person. I, oh, that's not how I am. No, 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 no. Nowhere in scripture will we be given a type of scapegoat just because I don't fit a certain personality. The Bible says cry out to him. Who cries out to him? It, it talks about everyone cries out to him. Come to him. Come to him over and over. The scripture says it. It's not, it's not trying to say, oh, you, I'm giving you a, a, a pass just because you, you're afraid of crowds. No. I, my crowd is one. That crowd is Christ. I'm not coming. I'm not trying to appease anybody in this room but Jesus alone. My God, I pray, I want this church to hit on all levels. Young people, we're waiting on you to lift up hands, to change those feeble knees. We're waiting for you to follow peace with all men in holiness. We're waiting for you to spring up and understand that I've got something to be grateful for. That I'm not, I'm not going to let my, my dad or my mom lead in praise. I'm going to lead in praise. I'm, I'm going to lead in worship. I'm, I'm going to, in my youth services, I'm not just going to stand there with my hands in a hoodie. I'm going to say you got the coolest hoodies. Don't get me wrong. Those hoodies are real cool. I, the design on them is really awesome. The print job is fantastic. But my God, if I, if I see another group of hands in a hoodie in the presence of God, I'm, I'm going to lose my Holy Ghost. Just, I'm just, I pray this prayer. God, let there be a young person that you begin to call, that you begin to prick the heart, a Gideon in our midst that says, Come out of a hiding, come out of the rocks and the caves, stand up for what's right. Lead the way. Lead some peers among you. Be a mighty man of valor. Fight for us. Lift up a pitcher and a light and cry out. Oh, cry out the name of the Lord. That's, I pray for a David who comes and just thinking that he's going to deliver a, a lunch to, the, to his brother sees that there's a cowering army behind rocks being picked on by evil and that there's something that wells up in the spirit of that little lad that says is there not a cause is there not a why are we not fighting this pathetic guy out in the middle of this valley my God Mighty God, I pray right now, keep me from remorse. I don't want, I don't want to live a life where I'm, you'll know 
me by the thing I sold myself to. Hi, Lord. righteousness we need you to be an example in a world of wickedness we, we need you college students we need you we need you to speak up in a in a collegiate uh, atmosphere that that spits out lie after lie after lie we we need you to say no that's not truth that's there's no righteousness in that young people to go against the grain of this world hallelujah my God we need young people to answer the call of God on their life I, I'm telling you right now as the pastor of this church God allows, some, allows me certain information about your life and I'm here to tell you right now that God has called some individuals some certain young people to do more and I'm just as a pastor waiting for you to answer the call answer the call what does that look like it looks like stepping outside from your peers and saying God I, I hear you God I need you Come on, young people. I'm not moving. I'm, 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 I'm not going to give you a scapegoat here. I'm waiting on you to answer. We're going to wait on you to answer. We're going to wait on you to get into an altar and say, God, I need you. God, forgive me. God, if I've, if I've devalued oh, this birthright, if I I've, if I've, if I've did not look at it the way I need to look at it, I pray, forgive me. Help me cherish it. Help me treat it like that treasure in a field that once a man found it, he went and sold everything that he had just to gain that field. I want it all, God. I'll give up everything for that treasure. My God. Hallelujah. Oh, those who've already sold out, God, I pray right now. I pray a forgiveness on their heart. I pray don't let it be said too late. Don't let it be said too late. Help me come to a place of repentance. Help me come back to a marketplace and say, God, sell it back to me. Sell it back to my soul. Give it back to me. Come on. You can get it back. Get it back. Come on, young person. Come on, get it back. Hallelujah. Get back that zeal. Get back that passion. Get back that hope. Hallelujah. Don't let, don't live in remorse. Hallelujah. Don't live in guilt. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, young people, pray bold prayers. 
You don't have to be in Greenville in a hotel conference room to get a hold of God. You don't, you don't have to be in St. Louis at the Dome at Youth Conference to hear the call of God. You, let me tell you, it can happen right now, right here. You can answer his call right now. Jesus. Jesus name. Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, raise them up, God. Raise up some harvesters. Raise up some worshipers. Raise up oh, some Bible study teachers. God, put a voice in their throat. Put a voice in their mouth. Hallelujah. A shout of praise on their tongue. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just want to say something to the young people, to the youth. Y'all are the future of this church. Because eventually all of us are going to be gone. And then who's going to take over? The kingdom of God. We're handing it over to you at some point. Y'all are the future of this church. I know some of you have talked to me, talked to, to some of us on wanting to serve God but not knowing how. And one of my favorite services from the conference was Brother Court Chavis. I think it was called The Servant and the Soldier. Don't worry about how you're going to fight for God. It's just as simple as saying, God, use me. Don't worry about how. Don't worry about not being able to because God's looking for somebody that's available. And once you're available... He's going to make you able. Praise God. Praise God. We're asking our young people, if you could, would you, would you just stand up for where you're at right now? Would you begin to raise your hands? I want to ask the church leaders to get behind them. I want to ask us to pray a prayer of courage and strength on these young people. My God, I, I, there is a great spirit of division and wickedness that's coming against these young people that are lying to them and saying that they have no worth, that they have no value, and the things of God are insignificant and insufficient. I'm telling you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. I want you to know that God is with you, God is for you, and if you put God before you, nothing can be against you. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to raise your hands in obedience right now. Just raise your hands in availability right now. Hallelujah. Use me, Lord. Strengthen me right now. God, equip me right now. 
Lord. God, give me the strength I need right now. Hallelujah. My God, help me, oh Lord, to teach a Bible study. Help me, help me just to witness to somebody. Help me, oh God, to share my testimony of your goodness in my life. God, help me to love like you love. Help me to care like you care. Help me, oh God, to be obedient to my parents. Help me to honor them. Help me to be faithful to this church. Help me, oh Lord, to give myself wherever I can give myself. Lord, use these hands. Use these hands. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit AphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 